0: welcome to who killed whitney a podcast investigating the suspected murder of whitney houston i'm george Colores.
1: and i'm shakira demessier
0: this is episode two whitney goes to hollywood
1: george i've been thinking okay and There's something about Mary Jones that really just grinds my gears. I don't know what it is about her. I think specifically it's what did you buy at Neiman Marcus?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Give me the receipts. You know, I bet you her visa card still has those purchases tracked, yes. right? All we need to do is subpoena Visa.
1: Subpoena Visa.
0: I don't know how one subpoenas Visa, but let's let's do that. Is that a Freedom of Information thing? Do you think podcasts can do that?
1: Um, we can ask. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll be discussing that. Definitely in this episode, because this episode, we're going to talk about everything that happened after Whitney got to L.A. until the day she died.
1: Good. I'm excited.
0: Um, like we said, Whitney was going to L.A. for the Grammy party that's hosted every year by Clive Davis. She arrived in L.A. on Monday, February 6, 2012. That's five days before she was found in her tub. Now... According to everyone, Whitney gets to LA and she's on cloud nine. She's in a great headspace. She's been super excited about the next chapter in her life and she's planning a comeback. So Clive Davis, uh, do you know who he is,
1: Shakira? Do I know who Clive Davis is? Are you kidding? Absolutely. He's responsible for so many music legends. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's the head of Arista Records. He signed Whitney on when she was 19. And like you said, Shakira, he's behind legends like Aretha Franklin, Dionne Warwick. And he was looking for a pop diva. And when he met Whitney, he like knew instantly that with his expertise and her voice, they're going to make her a huge star. And Whitney saw him as an, an uncle, a mentor figure. He was even Bobby Christina's godfather.
1: Wow. Yeah. So I, I get wanting to be there and wanting to be there every year. Like I get it because that's like such a role model for you. And this is the person that made your career. So mm-hmm. i 100% understand that. But I feel like if you didn't show up, Clive would be like, all right.
0: <laughs> I don't think Clive is going to be like sitting in his room pouting. Like Whitney didn't come. I'm not going downstairs.
1: Right. Like, uh, I think he would have been fine. I think he would have been fine. If he noticed at all.
0: But you don't want to miss it. Like, everyone's going to be there, right? Like, this is a great party. You don't want to miss that shit either. Like, get some FOMO here.
1: I guess. I mean, you're there every year. Party that I don't think I've ever been to a party that I go to every year. Because after year two, it's like, all right, I know what this is. Mm-hmm. I know what this is. like going to. I feel the same way about going to like a tropical island. You go to two. You've been to all of them. they, they all do the <laughs> same thing. It's the same thing. You got you're, you're fucking sick of paradise. Yes. <laughs> you got drinks and coconuts. You're drinking out of pineapples. Like it's it's all the same after a while. So like I can understand not wanting to go every year for me. But for her, it's like, no, I love this every year. I can't do it. It's her Christmas. Oh, Christmas. Don't get me started on Christmas. (laughs) Talk about the same party every year. Oh, gosh.
0: So actually, in 2001, Whitney signed a deal with Arista for $100 million. Whoa. That is the biggest record deal in the history of the music industry.
1: I wanted to put my pinky on my on the side of my mouth when you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Damn.
0: Dude, I think Whitney did have her pinky up to her mouth looking all wicked because she was real proud of herself and she was throwing shade with her press releases like the press says Whitney Houston signs hundred million dollar deal biggest deal in record history even bigger than Mariah Carey's deal and it's like you didn't have to we got that when it's the biggest we knew it was biggest bigger than deal? everyone's yes. you didn't have to throw Mariah Carey under the bus there
1: this has nothing to do with Mariah why did you say no, that you it has nothing to do with Mariah, Mariah Carey's the biggest for everybody <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah biggest means biggest <laughs>
0: That was a press release written for one person.
1: Whoever wrote that press release was like, fuck Mariah Carey. (laughs)
0: Fuck Mariah Carey. (laughs) I bet they said that a lot over at the Whitney camp.
1: Oh, God. There's
0: some great footage in one of the Whitney documentaries where uh, Sissy Houston, Whitney's mom and Whitney are just shit talking other singers. And at one point, they're just going after Janet Jackson. And Sissy's like, girl, can't sing. She can't sing. (laughs) Uh, they didn't even care.
1: Yeah, it's true, though. She can't sing. But that's not (laughs) why we love Janet Jackson. That's not why we love Janet Jackson. We don't love her because of her vocal ability. That's not why we fuck with Janet Jackson. We fuck with Janet Jackson because of this, the movements and the feeling that she gives us because she's a Jackson. So not everyone has to be an incredible singer for them to be an incredible performer.
0: Yeah. Okay. so the party's being held at the Beverly Hilton Hotel where Whitney was staying. She uses a pseudonym for the reservation, Elizabeth Collins, and she stays in room 434, which is known as the Presidential Junior.
1: Mm Mm-mm why
0: the junior what's a presidential junior isn't that the vice president
1: that's is that the vice why didn't they just call it the vice president
0: the vice presidential suite
1: but also you just made a hundred million (laughs) dollars where's the presidential suite yeah why do you need
0: the junior who's in just the regular one mariah carey (laughs) (laughs) okay so whitney is also accompanied by a huge entourage like she's got one hell of a payroll Her entourage includes, and I promise you this is important, Mary Jones, her longtime assistant, Ray Watson, who's her brother-in-law and bodyguard, Pat Houston, her sister-in-law and manager, her daughter, Bobby Christina, Nick Gordon, who's a troubled youth that Whitney essentially but not legally adopted, who later becomes Bobby Christina's boyfriend. And at some point, Nick Gordon's friend, Sean McGill, shows up.
1: Who the fuck is Sean? (laughs) Hold on. Time out. You mean... So Nick Gordon, who like one is a troubled youth Mm -hmm. that Whitney unofficially adopts, brings a friend.
0: Yeah. At some point, a friend shows up. Hmm. These people bring all sorts of people. And I'm telling you, I know I've left people off of this list.
1: Peculiar.
0: There's... So many people in this entourage, which is one of the reasons that Whitney needs a hundred million dollars. She's got like a ton of healthcare to cover.
1: That's ridiculous. You can't be a plus one and then bring a plus one like that. Is so <laughs> disrespectful, so rude. I hope he wasn't on the payroll and he was just like, oh, a guest for this one-time party.
0: I hope he was just hanging. Okay,
1: still rude, but fine. <laughs>
0: So also, at some point, they're joined by Ray J. Norwood, who's the brother of the singer Brandy and was kind of fake dating Wendy on and off around that time.
1: What? Ray J. dated Whitney Houston? (laughs) What? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That is that I think is the story of the day. Like, what are you even saying? Ray (laughs) Ray J. was also recently seen with Wendy Williams.
0: Oh, my God. Really?
1: Which is... So weird. No business. Ray J gets around, okay? You can't
0: date your ex's nemesis.
1: Yes, you can. He does.
0: And it's forbidden.
1: Ray J has no qualms. Like, (laughs) that's that's news to me. And wasn't Ray J like 25 at the time? Like, he's still pretty young. Yeah,
0: man, he's... He's young for all the stuff he's done. Okay, so I don't know if you've heard this. Have you heard of Ray J being called the Black Forest Gump?
1: No, no, I haven't. (laughs) And why? Because
0: apparently he's always there when like some shit goes down.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, that is so funny.
0: Okay, so he's famously the co star of Kim Kardashian's sex tape. Yes. Then he's at Chris Brown's house when the cops arrive when he's arrested. (laughs) Then back in the early 90s, he's hanging out with Tupac that night. Okay, you know, the Tupac Biggie feud is rumored to have started because Faith, Biggie's wife, was sitting on Tupac's lap in front of a whole bunch of people at some party one night ray j apparently was there in the room when that beef between biggie and tupac started
1: oh my god that is wild he's like where's waldo <laughs>
0: <laughs> right where's where's ray j
1: ridiculous where's Ray <laughs> oh my god i would love a coloring book of like scenes of historical things and like find ray j in the back because <laughs> he was there he was there Oh, my God. That's hilarious.
0: Oh, my God. That might have to be our first merch.
1: Oh, I would love that. I would love that.
0: So, Shakira, he even told people that when he was 16, he smoked blunts with Biggie a couple days before Biggie died and even saw him and Puffy together and hug Biggie the day he died. Dude, he's everywhere. If you see Ray J, fucking run.
1: Run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. I will. I will. Oh, my God. That Ray J is like the kiss of death. <laughs> Wendy Williams better be careful. She better be careful out here in these streets.
0: Okay, so... Now, as I said, Whitney is apparently in a really good place before she gets to LA, right? She's trying to clean up. She's trying to have a comeback. She had just produced and co-starred in the movie Sparkle with Jordan Sparks.
1: Mm, Terrible film. (laughs) Awful film. Yeah, very bad.
0: It looks like a Lifetime movie, but wasn't a Lifetime movie. And that's a problem for me.
1: Uh, Yes. Yeah. And you figured, oh, man, Whitney Houston. I mean, Jordan Sparks, fine. But Whitney Houston is like this big star and you put $50 in this movie? Like, how much <laughs> did you invest in this film? Definitely not $100 million. I'll tell you that. It was that.
0: Yeah, I wanted to love it. And, you know, it is what it is. Yes. I'm, I'm happy for the people who made it. They seem they were part of their work. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) It's a remake of one of Whitney's favorite movies when she was a kid. So this had been something she had wanted to do for years, apparently, was Mm. to make Sparkle. And so one of the stipulations of her contract is that she had to agree to remain sober and drug free, and she had to do weekly drug tests. As we all know, Whitney struggled with addiction her whole life. She was rumored to drink and smoke pot and do cocaine. And so part of her being in the deal, she had to make sure she was sober and And she did that.
1: Okay, so what you're saying is that Sparkle was filmed around this time, and so that she was most likely sober around her death.
0: In the months leading up to her death, she had been rumored to be sober. That's what everybody who was on the set reported. And I think that wrapped in like November or something? Right before she died. Wow. Okay. On the Tuesday, so she gets to LA on Monday. So on Tuesday, she actually recorded her part of the duet with Jordan Sparks for the soundtrack. It's a song called Celebrate. Now, we can't play it on the show because of, like, you know, rights purposes. So we'll pause for a second and the listener can follow the link and go listen to it and then come back.
1: Uh, not one of my favorite songs, but <laughs> I think... There was a time where Whitney's voice started to change, and though it wasn't bad, her voice in this song it was on key. And there was a lot of songs when she was not sober; it was really off key, um, and she had difficulty hitting notes. Uh, but it seemed like she hit all the notes, and it sounded pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's it's not a hit, but it's it's solid. And according to everybody's at the studio, she showed up on time. She did really excellent work. She had great energy, and so she was really. Proud proud of herself, right? Apparently, after the recording, she took the CD to Clive Davis and played it for him because she was just so happy in that moment. Mm. All right, so then Whitney's all over the place that week. First, she kind of loses her shit in the gift shop because she saw an unflattering National Enquirer headline about herself.
1: Okay, which is not uncommon.
0: <laughs> no, at that time, I mean, that's they loved writing about her. I
1: mean, not not specifically for 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 Whitney, but for if you're on National Enquirer, it's usually not a beautiful shot. Yeah, yeah. That's not the look that they're going for. It's like beauty. It's like, no, they want to catch you in some some shit. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're not like, so-and-so looks great and won an award is not the headline in the National Choir.
1: Right. No, it's, it's never the headline. <laughs> That's not what they're inquiring about.
0: This headline was, Whitney collapses, strung out and broke. It's worse than anyone thought. Which, like, I don't blame her for getting pissed. That's a bullshit headline.
1: Yeah. One, you don't know what she's doing with her life. Two, it seems like that was untrue at that moment.
0: Yeah. If I was, I don't know, like at the use scan at Kroger and I see a tabloid that says George is strung out and broke, I'd be pissed too. I'd, I'd probably grab the tabloid, shake it in the face of the person standing in line next to me and be like, this is bullshit. And I'd make a
1: scene. Also, you're not broke because you're in line to buy. Yeah. yeah I'm so,
0: shopping. I'm in a gift shop being actively not broke in this <laughs> yeah. moment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Completely understand that. And her anger is warranted for sure.
0: She's also really proud of herself in this time because she had been trying to quit smoking. She'd been exercising. So later in the day, she's seen doing handstands by the pool. And the haters are like, oh, this is Whitney being a mess. But friends are like, this is Whitney showing off that she can do a handstand, like her virility. She's like, look, I'm healthy. I can do a handstand.
1: That's interesting.
0: Which I can totally see that. But Whitney is like, you know. You're way too famous to be doing handstands in public.
1: That's true. Very true. It That is that is an odd thing to do. Um, <laughs> to do a handstand. It's an odd thing for a sober person to do, for sure, after the age of 15. To do a handstand <laughs> by the pool. But also... I didn't know Whitney personally. I didn't, you know, I don't know what her personality is like. I don't know anything about her really besides what was publicly shown, which is a facade. So I I can't say either way whether or not that's, Mm. you know, like her or unlike her or if she was under the influence because of that. I think that's fair. But it's odd. It is odd. It's
0: odd. I mean, if tomorrow we had a picture of Adele doing a headstand on National Enquirer, I mean, Twitter would explode.
1: For sure. Twitter already exploded after she lost all of that weight. Yeah, they did. (laughs) Twitter was like, drugs?
0: (laughs) She's like, no, it's just vegetables. Thank you.
1: Vegetables, yeah.
0: So one of the weirdest things that happens this week, right after she's leaving the pool, I don't know if it's the same day she did the handstand or not. She's walking through a lobby, going to her room, and she walks right into an interview that Clive Davis is doing along with Brandy and Monica. I, I
1: feel like I remember this. So seeing that. So there's
0: like TV cameras. They're actively filming. It. And Whitney's been around the industry. It's not like she doesn't know what a camera looks like. And she just walks on in and is all like, hey, girl, you know, just like <laughs> as if they're just casually having lunch. And she's more than welcome to join them.
1: Yeah, I remember seeing or I can like see it in my mind, my mind's eye, what that looked like. And so but at the same time, that's bizarre too, right? You just did a handstand, you're going down the hallway, now you're interrupting interviews uh, with cameras. <laughs> bizarre, interesting. Behavior. But at the same time, it's like Whitney Houston. So, yeah, she can interrupt. Like, they do hundreds of interviews, you know, with random people. And so the public also loves when, like, two celebrities no, are, enough. you know, saying hello to each other and chit chatting. It's like a window into their personal lives. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think the camera person would mind. And I think a celebrity would know that. You know what I mean? Like, they would know, oh, I yeah. can go say hi to my friend, and the camera person is going to love it.
0: One of my favorite pop culture moments ever was when Madonna was doing an interview with Kurt Loder at the MTV Awards and she's up high on this platform and then someone's throwing shit at her and like she gets hit by like a compact and she looks and she's like, Courtney Love's throwing shit from her purse at me. And so then (laughs) Kurt Loder, you know, he's on TV. He knows what to do. He's like, come on up here, Courtney Love. And Madonna's very annoyed because she's like, that bitch threw shit at me. And now she's going to be sitting in on my interview.
1: That's hilarious.
0: I watched that moment live and loved everything every second. I was like, this is excellent.
1: Excellent. Yeah, we eat it up (laughs) as
0: a consumer.
1: We eat it up. We love it. We want more. The more personal we can get into like celebrity lives, the better. We're
0: terrible people.
1: (laughs) That's who we are. We're terrible people. We know that.
0: (laughs) So apparently Clive, Brandy, and Monica are having some sort of interview about the boys' mine. I don't know if they're celebrating like the 14th year anniversary or whatever. That's not an anniversary you celebrate. But Brandy Monica were also doing another Clive Davis song that was coming up so I think it was part of that promotion mm. so Whitney comes into the room just barges in steps in front of the cameras and she walks up to Clive and she's like hi Clive and she kisses him and she calls him her dad she's like that's my dad and Clive is politely trying to tell her that they're in the middle of something but you know he's like an old man and he's saying it really slow and so he's going they're paying tribute they're paying tribute. Right? She doesn't give a shit. She's not paying any attention. So She just keeps on going, saying hi to everyone. So then Monica looks at her and goes, why are you wet? And Whitney responds, I swim two hours every day, two hours a day. I have to. And then I've watched this video way too many times. It sounds like Monica says to her. I wish I could swim, which I don't know if that means Monica can't swim or just doesn't have the time for swimming. But Whitney he goes, oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. So she's like very excited about the fact she's swimming, which is more evidence, you know, she's healthy lately and really proud of herself. And mm-hmm. actually, that's a point that Whitney's longtime best friend Robin Crawford once made. She told Jada Pinkett Smith on uh, Red Table Talk that Whitney loved being in the water, that she swam all the time. And that's why Robin had a hard time believing that Whitney drowned. But I don't know if being a good swimmer means you're anti-drowning.
1: I think it does mean that actually if you're swimming two hours a day i think it's going to be very hard for you to sit in a tub and drown like i really think that's going to be difficult for you to do that but also mm, okay okay so if that's true we don't know if that's true we just made it up but if it is true <laughs> <laughs> if it's true that if you swim two hours a day and it is going to be difficult for you to drown i think so too So then is the suspicion this this podcast is called Who Killed Whitney? So is it the suspicion that someone held Whitney down and drowned her? Is it the suspicion that someone had drugged her and she just kind of, you know, was not in the capacity to be conscious? What is the suspicion then?
0: Those are my exact questions it doesn't seem like she just slid in there Mm. it either seems like she was helped and held or so far drugged that she completely passed out which Mm. as we said when mary jones saw her 45 minutes beforehand she seemed like she was chipper and brushing her hair and not at all like somebody who's about to drown in a tub so Mm. i think that the fact that whitney does swim and can hold her breath and is used to being underwater i think it is notable right okay but then this really weird moment happens So you can see at the beginning of this video that Whitney kind of not so slyly hands Brandy a note and then Brandy you can tell she's like really awkward with it and she's holding it and she kind of looks around and she doesn't know what to do and she kind of awkwardly hands it to her assistant and somebody <laughs> takes it away so I think this whole interruption was a not so sly attempt to pass Brandy the note Okay. A lot of people presume that, you know, since Ray J is her brother, that maybe the note was for Ray J. I don't know. Brandy is not telling. She said she's never showing anyone the note and she's never telling anybody who it was for or what it was about. So it's like one of the burning questions of this case is what was in the note to Brandy?
1: What if the note was just like, hey, girl? <laughs> like, <that was laughs> then it's extra The entirety of the note is like, hey what's up interesting 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 um what to me is really bizarre about that is that this seemed to be like a week long of events right Mm -hmm. for these celebrities so couldn't one assistant give it to the other assistant like couldn't whitney's assistant give it to brandy's assistant couldn't Uh, Whitney find a more opportune time to give it to Brandy because I'm sure she would see her around. And also, was Whitney walking around with a note when she went to the pool?
0: Just carrying it all day? How long did she have it? Right.
1: Like you did the handstand with this note, like you were just walking around with it.
0: Also, it's only 2012. If Whitney had something she wanted to tell Brandy, I mean, they're friends, right? Couldn't she, I don't know, text her?
1: Text her? Call her? Literally, literally anything, literally anything. (laughs) But uh, why Brandy, too? I don't know the extent of their relationship. At that time, was she dating Ray J?
0: They had been dating on and off. So Brandy and... Whitney become friends when they did Cinderella together.
1: Oh, talk about an iconic movie!
0: I think that's when Ray J and Whitney met too.
1: Man, talk about riding coattails! Ray J has been out here. I low key like am so impressed with him. I'm so impressed. Like I've never <laughs> met maybe one other sibling that was able to ride a coattail like Ray J.
0: No, I, th- I think that he's won the award for best coattail writing.
1: Yeah, coattail rider. He is number one.
0: Like. That's all Johnny Drama wanted on Entourage.
1: Wow. Impressive. Okay. And so she could have easily told Ray J, hey, tell your sister this.
0: Unless the note is about Ray J.
1: Unless the note is about Ray J. Could it be like, oh, Ray J's trying to kill me? <gasps>
0: Yeah, that's what some people think. I've, I've in the depths of the dark web, which you're not reporting too much on on this show. I've seen people who are convinced that it was Whitney telling Brandy that she thinks there's a conspiracy to kill her. But again, passing a note, you know what you should do, right? You should look at the camera and say, "E news, I think there's a conspiracy trying to kill me." That's how you expose a conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> Slyly giving Brandy a note does not expose conspiracy.
1: That is exactly how you do it. Yeah. Also, a note about her brother is like, no, girl, she's gonna protect her brother.
0: Yeah. How old are we?
1: <laughs> she's gonna protect him. Like, come on. Um. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. weird.
0: Will you ask Ray J if he likes me?
1: I don't- <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's so bizarre.
0: Okay, so now that we're on the Ray J, let me tell you about what happened at True Nightclub. So the last public sighting of Whitney Houston is at the True Nightclub. She went to True for Kelly Price's For the Love of R&B party. You know, it's L.A. There's just like a shit ton of these Grammy pre-parties everywhere. And so Whitney likes Kelly Price. I think they did... A song together. So they were cool. And so Whitney shows up with her whole entourage and the place is like real swank. We're talking like red velvet curtains and fancy couches and like really cool mood lighting. And right. she's there with Ray J and Bobby Christina and Nick Gordon. And I think Pat's there and there's a bunch of friends. So okay. at one point she goes on stage with Kelly Price and she sings Jesus Loves Me. I don't know if you know this. Jesus Loves Me is Whitney Houston's favorite song. Like she Absolutely loves that song.
1: I didn't know that. I know that she is from the church, though. So that makes sense. But I know that was her favorite song.
0: She put it as the backside or the single for I Will Always Love You. And I went to a really conservative school at that time and I got in trouble for having it. But I was like, no, it's Jesus Loves Me. And that's how my like seventh grade self got out of trouble for having secular music at school.
1: (laughs) Although I was
0: told at that time that it is wrong of someone to sing both secular and church music. But I think Whitney would beg to differ.
1: Yeah, I would beg to differ too. In the school, just... Yeah, I, think
0: it's, I think it was stupid. It was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like stupid thing I was told. I got into a lot of trouble when I got busted with the red hot chili peppers. And they won't know Jesus yeah. <laughs> loves me on the other side of that.
1: Wait do they find out you're gay and married? <laughs> where where did they find that out?
0: So Whitney's on stage. She looks really happy. She's singing. She blows the audience a kiss. And then... Let's cut to a few minutes later. It's just minutes later. And Whitney is seen having this huge fight with a woman named Stacy Francis.
1: Who the fuck is Stacy Francis?
0: Okay. So Stacy Francis was part of the girl group X-Girlfriend. And she was a contestant on X Factor and later became a reality TV star.
1: On what TV show?
0: That's a really good question. I don't know that. Kiana, do you know what she was on? <laughs>
1: George, George. <laughs> Um, I know I know modern day she was on Big Brother. I don't know back then.
0: Yeah, at some point she was enough of a reality star to get onto the British celebrity Big Brother. Or was it the Canadian one or the British one?
1: I think British. First of all, anybody could get on that. From from Canada or or Britain, anybody could get on that. I could get on that show. That'll make you a star. Do
0: you know who's on it next season? I'm trying to figure out how to watch it, Omarosa.
1: Oh gosh. Omarosa.
0: I was like, I have got to figure out how to watch UK Celebrity Big Brother.
1: Why go to the UK, though, for that show?
0: (laughs) She'd already been on the American one. You can't be on it twice.
1: She needs to get a job. Get a job. (laughs) Call it a day.
0: Okay, so according to people who were there, Whitney thought that Stacy was trying to make moves on Ray J. She'd been following him around all night. Whitney, you probably wasn't wrong. I'm right. just saying. I mean, I wasn't there. I don't know. But you can tell when somebody is trying to make a move on your man. Like that's that's a very obvious thing that one can tell. Absolutely. According to folks at the club, Whitney got like up in Stacy's face and she called her a bitch and she went off so according to Stacy who like has given a statement now after Whitney died so it's it's very nicely written she says she told Whitney please don't do this you're everything you're my idol you're a legend and then she was screaming and crying don't do this that Whitney just then unprovoked turned around and said that's my man bitch I'm a cougar stay away from my man
1: what kind of nonsense that is that is the most bullshit I've ever heard (laughs) if a woman comes up to me talking about stay away from my man I'm not gonna be like but you're an idol and I love you. And, uh, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. Please don't do no. this. No, that does that will not happen. If Beyonce came up to me and was like, you trying to, you trying to take my man Jay Z? I'm not fucking with you. Stay away from my man. I'm gonna be like, sorry. <laughs> and I'll say sorry. I will probably cry. Because Beyonce is yelling at me or, you know, or I try to like fight back in some weird way. But the thing I'm not going to do is, is say, please don't do this. You're an icon. You're an idol. My idol. I, that's not something that I would say after clearly trying to talk to your man. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Please, fooling.
0: Yeah, It's totally unbelievable. You're either saying I'm sorry and ducking away or fighting back.
1: Or fighting back. Two
0: options. You're certainly not going, oh, please, Miss Whitney Houston. You are my idol. <laughs> Yeah, I watched the yeah. bodyguard. You know, that just didn't happen. That's some bullshit.
1: That's some pure bullshit.
0: But I love Whitney owning her shit too though. I love her being like, I'm a cougar, bitch, get away from my man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that
0: is why I love Whitney. <laughs> like, it's so great.
1: Insane. Oh. So
0: I don't know how heated this fight got, but then Whitney's photograph leaving the club and she's got like some scratches on her arms and her leg. She's got some blood trickling down her leg. It looks like she whooped some ass.
1: Is that from this Stacy character?
0: I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I think it's from the fight because it seemed like she had the fight and then kind of quickly left the club and then that's when she was photographed and she just has like it looks like she got kind of like scratched on her leg and she's a little bit of blood trickling down her leg but you know then at the national Inquirer, so it's like really zoomed in and sure. it's like i don't know whitney houston has stigmata on her skin <laughs> you know some <laughs> crazy shit
1: oh man i'm interested to like Gosh, has anybody spoken with Ray J in regards to all of this?
0: He doesn't really talk too much about it. There's actually a conversation between Ray J and Stacy from when they were both on the UK Celebrity Big Brother. And he just kind of quietly tells Stacy that he feels guilty for a lot of what happened. Hmm. But that's kind of all he says to her.
1: First of all, why are you talking to Stacy? Like, that's your friend now. That's not your friend.
0: I know. She told you to stay away from her man. That meant in perpetuity, even after I die. In perpetuity.
1: That's right. Yeah. Stay the fuck away from my man. Always and forever. Exactly. Always and forever. As a woman who's very uh, protective over her men, I will say when I die, bitch, get away from my man. If you find out (laughs) he's on that reality show, go to another reality show. It's not for you.
0: Yeah, I don't care if you're on the same reality show. You stay on the other side of the house.
1: (laughs) Wild. Okay. And we're not confirming whether or not Ray J and Whitney were together during during that time because they were on and off?
0: That's my understanding is that they were on and off. They said that they were friends, but then they were seen kind of dating. And it's just, I mean, it's kind of clear that they were dating, but I don't know at what point their relationship was a relationship or it was just, you know, having a good time. Mm. I think that's not been very clear. But according to people who are around Whitney, I think She really liked him. They said that she was like kind of falling for him. And and that in some way she also knew she was probably chasing a man that she shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. So I've just heard different accounts from people about what was going on in that relationship. I've also seen Ray J talk about how he felt like he was just really casual and it was like he's being a bit opportunist. I don't know. It's a celebrity romance, and those are as deep or shallow as they are. (laughs)
1: That's right. But you know something about Whitney is that I've always, even though she was in the limelight a lot, she always seemed to be really authentic to me you mm-hmm. so know even before the the drug use she just seemed to be really like who she was and herself as much as possible. So even though this was a celebrity matching, I don't think it was the way we think celebrity matches typically go, you know, and it seems like she really did like him. For sure. And for him, maybe not so much. Maybe that's why he feels guilty.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the things I always loved about Whitney too. She tried to fake it, but I always kind of saw through it. You know, it's like, oh, I can tell when Whitney's lying. Yeah. (laughs) She's not that great of an actress. (laughs) She she can (laughs) try to pretend like she's lying, but I could tell and i kind of appreciated that most of the time she seemed super authentic and she seemed like the kind of person who wasn't going to take any bullshit from you
1: no no Agreed, one hundred percent.
0: I'll tell you one thing: if I ever saw her in public, I would have never approached her. It's like Madonna. I know better. Like I know to be like, oh
1: look, there's Madonna,
0: and leave her the fuck alone.
1: I know, but at the same time, I feel like she would like she'd be like, hey, like hey, Whitney, and she'd be like, hey, (laughs) and be about her business. I
0: don't know. If my Stan ass went up to her, like oh my god, Whitney, ah!" she'd probably call the (laughs) cops.
1: (laughs) <laughs>
0: I'm like, you need to follow this guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh.
0: OK, so they get back from the nightclub and then Whitney, she's super faithful. And before she goes to bed, she wants to read scripture. So she asks her friend Tiffany Dixon, who's also her hairstylist, to read passages from the Bible with her. They read passages from Exodus and Mark and Matthew about redemption and resurrection. And before she goes to bed, she tells Tiffany, I just want to love and be loved i want to love like jesus did unconditionally i think that this is evidence that she is going through some heartache here with ray J.
1: Wow. broke her heart also how long had she been divorced from bobby
0: Winnie and bobby got divorced in 2007 so it'd been almost five years
1: wondering if she was still suffering from that's a
0: respectable amount of time
1: yeah i think you're kind of over it five years later but then again i've never been married hand to god i want a husband so if you are single and bald <laughs> Holler, at me. Holler at me. Yeah, but I think five years is enough um enough time to grieve oh, who am I to say how long it is to grieve a divorce, but five years seems reasonable. Yeah, it sounds like her breakup with Ray J or whatever that was, her tryst with Ray J really affected her. And wasn't she also seeing her her best friend? Didn't she have like a love affair with her female best friend, Robin?
0: Yes. So that was rumored for many years. Whitney was friends with Robin Crawford since they were teenagers. and They were the best of friends. And the rumor was that Robin and Whitney were together. And they were very much so in each other's lives. And according to the documentaries, the Houston family felt uncomfortable with Whitney's closeness with Robin and tried to keep them apart. And that when Whitney and Bobby got married, that that caused more conflict with her and Robin. And so they, I think, went through a lot. I think there's definitely something there. And that if Whitney was alive today and was in her prime, she'd probably be able to be out with that. And that that was one of the things that she was struggling with.
1: Gosh, that breaks my heart to know that she's she just wanted to love and be loved. Like everybody, right? everybody That's basically what, what everybody wants is to love and to yeah. be loved. And to hear that she, at her point of celebrity, her, you know, we think of Whitney Houston as bigger than life. But she wanted these very, like, just human things.
0: And I think that's what makes it even harder, right? Like, these people like Whitney, like Michael Jackson, that become that just global superstar sensation level it's really hard i think for them to connect with new people and start that i think it got to feel far more lonely than we expect
1: right gosh
0: you know, one of the other things I note with the fact that Whitney does this Bible study before bed and prayer is that it seems that Whitney always swung back into religion as part of her recovery. It seemed like she used her faith as a vehicle to find recovery and and pray about it and, and really use her scriptural teachings that she grew up with. So the fact that I think she's coming home from a club and reading the Bible before she goes to bed really showed me that she was trying to be in that good headspace.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, growing up in the in the church, that stuff it stays with you for for a long time. And seems like she's found solace in religion. Yeah,
0: yeah. She seemed like she was really happy about where she was going. OK, now, so it's Thursday night, two nights before the Grammys. Whitney has gone to bed. And y'all, here comes the weirdest fucking part of this story. This is from the Lifetime documentary. Whitney Houston and Bobby Christina. Didn't we almost have it all? Apparently, Whitney is in her room she's asleep and she has a premonition like a dream and god told her to go to chrissy's room to save her and so whitney gets up out of bed and she leaves her room and she goes down the hall to bobby christina's room only to find what what do you think she found in bobby christina's room Shakira?
1: she found the um the guy the uh, family friend the guy that she adopted
0: Oh, that would have been really scandalous. I know. No, it's even crazier than that, Shakira. She walks in and finds Bobby Christina is asleep in the bathtub. (gasps) And Whitney wakes her up and pulls her out of the tub.
1: A full tub of water?
0: Yeah, and according to Sean McGill, who was Nick Gordon's friend who'd come along with them, Whitney the next morning is telling everyone the story, and she's like, "Chrissy almost died last night." And then she looks at Sean and Nick Gordon, and she says to them, "Stay away from that water. That water is evil." Wow! Can you fucking believe that?
1: Wow. Why would then she go into the water? That's if all she believed I'm the saying. water was evil.
0: Believe your premonitions, Cassandra.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Right? Would you tell someone the water is evil and the next day get into a and tub? And get
1: into a tub? No, never. I would yeah, never yeah. breathe ever I would just be stank for the rest of my
0: life. I'd be like, I don't know. Water is evil. For
1: the rest of my life. Water is evil. <gasps> I wonder... Okay, was anyone in the room with Bobby Christina? Like, I wonder if she got into the water on her own volition. And I ask that because... I know Bobby Christina struggled with drug abuse as well. So I'm wondering if someone had given her mm-hmm. the drugs. Maybe someone had drugged her. Like maybe she took the drug without even knowing she took the drug. Got into the water. Whoever killed Whitney, allegedly, whoever killed Whitney tested Bobby Christina first to see, okay, how much water, how much drug oh will my knock God. them out. I
0: never even thought of this. <laughs>
1: I'm here with you. Let me tell you about crime. I was a dress rehearsal and murder. That's right. Take five.
0: <laughs> I mean, my mind is blown here. I had never even considered that.
1: Yes. What if it was a you know stage it? See how much does this work? Maybe Bobby <laughs> Christina was first. Oh man. Or, or what if it was supposed to be a double hit? Oh my god. <laughs> Same night.
0: With that. Oh, god. <laughs> I don't even know what to make of that.
1: We are sleuthing. I mean, it's bizarre. It's uncanny. It's unprecedented.
0: Yeah, I was so shocked when I heard that. And I considered, like, that is so freaking on the nose. That is how, like, omens come about in real life. And you're like, oh, you'd never believe that in a movie.
1: Okay, but hold on, though. Hold on. But the assistant comes in when she tells her to go get the cupcakes. The cupcakes. (laughs) that was that was in air quotations <laughs> the assistant says that Whitney was in the tub mm-hmm. doesn't she say that like Whitney was in the tub when she told her to get the cupcakes yeah that's what mary says but why would Whitney get in the tub she was Whitney would not <sighs> get in no tub she would not get in the tub. she would have took a shower, so no,
0: there's a shower. There's a shower right next to it. She could have taken a shower.
1: not right after you say it's evil. The water's evil,
0: yeah, you don't say the water's evil in the morning, and then someone later is like, "Hey, do you want to take a bath and go Yeah, sure, I don't see why not. Yeah, felt like there's evil water lurking about.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also she just did go for a swim, but she loves the water. That was before she found Bobby Christina though. That was before she found Bobby Christina. Mm-hmm.
0: That's when she learned not to trust the water.
1: Yes. And I, as a mother, I'm also not a mother. So if you also want to have kids with me, that's cool too. <laughs> um, <laughs> advertising all bald men. <laughs> advertising all the things. A husband, children, everything. Um I would be so traumatized as a mother to find my daughter asleep in a bathtub. Um, It's traumatizing. I can imagine that. And then to go take a bath myself right after that, I really don't see that happening. I really don't see that happening.
0: Yeah, it's just not going to happen. No,
1: it's, that's not how life works. Yeah. Yeah. She was literally telling them that morning, don't go in the water. And then two hours later was like, all right, well, I'm going to go take a bath now. So I'll see you guys later. <laughs>
0: exactly. Right, I'm
1: going to go in the evil water. Everybody,
0: feel free to run errands and leave me alone. I'm sure the water's fine.
1: <laughs> it doesn't make sense.
0: Well, the water wasn't the only evil lurking in room 434. Listen to the next episode of Who Killed Whitney for more. Listeners, if you'd like to find out what happened in room 434, make sure to like and subscribe so you can get all our episodes.
1: And we want you to be a part of the show. Tell us what you think online at Who Killed Whitney on all social channels or email us your thoughts and theories at tips at who killed we got our own email, y'all. <laughs> Help us spread the word. Share this episode with the friend you think will like it the most.
0: I love when people reach out to us online and give us some fan theories. Tell us what you think about the cupcakes, about the entourage, oh, about Ray J. Do. Where's Ray J now? That's what I want to know.
1: Where's Ray J now? If you know, please do email us or slide into our DMs. Please, I need to know.
0: Who Killed Whitney is a Tucker Media production. Thank you to our producer, Kiana Kirkendall, and to Louis Aronowitz, who composed our theme song. Okay, so if you were going to be a hanger on for a celebrity entourage, which celebrity entourage do you want to just kind of sneak your way into?
1: Fantasia. <laughs> not see that coming. Fantasia. Fantasia. (laughs) Because I feel like, you know, you could do someone bigger like Beyonce or da-da-da-da-da. But those people, they're not going to pay you any mind. I feel like if I'm in the entourage with Fantasia, we're going to be best friends. That is just what it is. I feel like she likes to talk. I feel like she wants to share her life story. I will be a listening ear And then we'll be best friends.
0: I can see that. I can see that. The reason I would shy away from like a Fantasia is because I would be nervous that they would like Fantasia's got a smaller entourage than Beyonce, right? Mm -hmm. So the odds of at some point Fantasia looking over like, who the hell is that? Is greater, I think, than Beyonce noticing. It would take her at least a week to notice I was hanging out in her entourage. There's so many people in that entourage, I imagine.
1: That's very true. But.
0: But if you're trying to become friends with the person, then then smaller is better
1: yeah smaller is better yeah i feel like fantasia be like who the fuck is that and i would be like i'm shakira girl how you doing she's gonna be like hey girl and then that's it
0: that's it that's it and then best friends for life
1: <laughs> that's, we're <best> BFF. Friend. <laughs> that's it that's it i love fantasia so much i love her so much i really do
0: yeah we should have her on the show fantasia if you're listening we would love to talk to you yes I don't know about what like maybe I don't know if she knows anything about Whitney but you know let's use our platform
1: (laughs) I'm sure she does I mean I'm
0: sure she knows who Whitney is but like I don't know if she knows any details about that day it's not like she saw the person leaving the room
1: right or maybe she did no I'm just kidding